Hi, welcome to East to West WLS, the podcast where we support the bariatric community with humor, humility, and honesty. I'm April and I'm the West. And I'm Jason and I'm the East. Today, we are so excited to be welcoming Narissa to the show. Good morning. We are beyond excited to, to speak with you today. And the reason that I'm so jazzed is because we were just talking about this the other day, but you posted a video to your Instagram feed and it was you on a walk. But it, you just said like, hey, it's really easy to kind of make sure that you're getting in all of these movement things that you want to do. When you're on a walk, do these simple moves and turn it into a hit exercise. And I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, it's so simple. And yet I would have never really thought about that until I saw you. Uh, until I saw you demonstrate it. I mean, and it's just your feed, your mission in life really just seems all about helping people reach the goals that they have set for themselves in, in simple and effective ways. I mean, it's just unbelievable. So we are beyond excited to, to talk to you today about kind of how you do all this, because we know you are an extremely busy woman and somehow you still manage to make it all happen. So we, we're very excited to kind of to learn, your, learn, learn your secrets, how, how you've done it. Absolutely. I'm excited too. Uh, first of all, you guys have amazing guests on your show. So just to be among that group of people, it's super exciting for me too. So, so we are fanning back and forth. So I'm excited. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. Well, and I don't I mean, I don't know really how it happens. All that I do is I reach out to people and I'm like, Hey, they'd be awesome to talk to. And then they respond back and that's how we've done it. So Jason and I are continued to be blown away though, by the just the type of people that exist in our community. There are so many experts. There are so many just genuine, amazing, down-to-earth people that want to kind of share their recipe and help people along the way. And that's exactly who you are and that that's who we are. So yeah, we're we're just excited to be in this community together. That's just awesome. Definitely. So before we, before we dive into our conversation, I did want to ask you, how did you pick your Instagram handle? <laughs> um, so my handle is Rissa Recharged. Um, and really, as I, uh, I actually changed my name. So I used to go by Duchess Narissa, um, and which was just like a childhood thing where literally we used to sit around the lunch table and there was the king, the queen, the prince, the princess, all that, whatever. Oh, um, that's awesome. <laughs> so um, so I, I had that name forever. And then as I started to think about, you know, my journey and kind of the brand that I wanted to kind of portray and put out to the world, I thought about kind of like, Rissa 2.0, like what this new person, this new, like just unveiling of something different. And then, you know, I started thinking about, okay, what else? Like, you know, am I, um, what is this newness? And so I also started thinking about like the battery, the energizer battery, right? Where it just keeps going and going and going. And so that's kind of how I ended up with Rissa Recharge. So more of a nod to the newness and unveiling who this new person is. Plus it also, I think it can mean different things to different people, right? Like some people see me as they're like, oh man, she just keeps going. And she's like always out there and doing this stuff. Like she's always pumped up and, and charged up. So that's kind of, you know, where it is. Well, I mean, I, when I, when I typed out that question, I, I had the, I, you know, I thought I had the answer in my head, but what I really appreciate about your handle is that that word recharge for me, I, th I think for everybody in the bariatric community too, it means so much because 
I guess for myself and, and I think for Jason too, we don't feel like different people, but we are different people. We yeah. have so much energy, right? I mean, and it's scary, I think before surgery to think like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be a different person. And I really like who I am. And I don't feel like I'm any different of a person. I just have more energy. I just have more ability to kind of be the person who I always was. So your handle to me is like, oh, it's like the ultimate, like it's, it's so perfectly describes, I think what we go through uh, along our bariatric journey. So Thank yeah, you. yeah, just awesome. Okay, so today we've kind of got a big overarching topic that we're really excited to dive into you uh, with you today, but really it's it's about movement, right? So this month uh, on East to West, we're really just focusing our, our bodies in motion. How can we fall in love with movement? And movement is something that you seem very, very passionate about. Um, so on your feed and, and working with clients, we know that movement is something that, that we can be added to kind of whatever we're doing in whatever stage of life that, that we're doing, because it's something that you've been able to incorporate, you know, as, as your life has changed as well. Uh, so we're really, I guess, the, the meat of our conversation is going to kind of revolve around those three M's, motivation, movement, and management, because you really need those three things to make sure that you're doing everything that you want to do in your day without killing yourself or without feeling like you're, you know, you're, you're burning up uh, all of your, of your energies towards those three things. So we're just very excited to really kind of dive into how you've done it and, and how you help people in our community, you know, really kind of mirror what you've been able to do uh, in your own personal life. So we're, we're ready to dive in. Are you ready? Yes, let's go. All right, let's do this. <laughs> hey, it's April with East to West WLS. I don't know about you, but after I dropped a significant amount of weight, my body just didn't feel like my own and I needed help feeling like it was my own again. So I started receiving chiropractic care. If you live in the Tacoma area, I cannot recommend Grit City Cairo more. Dr. McKenzie is passionate about helping you feel, function, and live better. Check out her Instagram at Grit City Cairo or her website, gritcitychiropractic.com for more info and to book your first consultation. And if you mention East to West, you'll get a discount on your first visit. I feel amazing after seeing her and I think you will too. All right. So first things first, we always love to just spend the first couple of minutes getting to know our guests. So will you tell us just what makes you, you, how did you arrive to be the person that you are today? Wow. That's, that's a deep question. Um, but, <laughs> so I, I am definitely a lot of things to a lot of uh, different people. I am um, a wife. I'm a mom of four and we, we have one on the way. Um, I I'm an executive in corporate America, so that keeps me really busy. And then, of course, you know, I have this BSG and this lifestyle and this brand, this this RISA recharged um, thing that I'm, you know, always looking to to nourish and grow. And you know, it's like another baby that I have um, too. Um, but certainly, it's it's been a great ride. Um, started my my journey with BSG. Um, really, January of 2019 is when everything actually started. But I had my surgery in July, and you, maybe you know, maybe you don't know, but my husband had sur the surgery too. So we actually had the surgery about a week apart. Um, so it's, it's been awesome to have my husband, my partner in the journey along with me. I'm definitely makes it easier. Um, I'm sure. Cause you kind of have yeah. your partner built in. Um, but it's, it's awesome. 
Wow, I did not know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Uh, ha, has his journey been different from yours in terms of, I guess, recovery? Or, oh, okay. How how no, would you I wouldn't say um I wouldn't say different. He um I think guys definitely lose weight faster. So mm. I can you know remember thinking back and he's like getting on the scale and he's like, oh, I lost thirty pounds. I'm like, I lost twelve. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it, it we had obviously had the same surgeon, same you know same diet. So literally we were just like uh, you know a week behind each other and everything. Mm -hmm. um, but it's been and he's very active um, too. I I think I'm just more like out in the world about it he shares and he's like in tons of men's group he has like a lot of like men that come to him but I think mm -hmm. it's, it's different and I'm sure you guys have seen it too where I think women are a little more outspoken about it and then you know men are are you know they'll talk about it but it isn't just like hey this is me this is my brand yes so, so yes I think it's different in that respect but everything else um, has been about the same. He's able to eat more than I can, um, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, and that and that is so tricky too because uh, I, Jason and I often talk about this, right? Before surgery, he and I we really never felt full. You know, I mean, like we felt it, but you, you know, you just can you can just keep eating and eating. And after surgery, all of a sudden, you get this sensation and this feeling that you kind of have never had before. And it, you really do kind of second guess yourself about what that feeling is just because, you know, you, you haven't, you haven't experienced that before. Yeah. And it can be terrifying when, when you're trying to figure out. And then especially too, I would imagine when you're living with somebody who's been through the same surgery, you're always looking to see, well, how much are you eating? And should I be eating that much? Or like, is something wrong with me or is something wrong with you? I mean, that would be a little like, Ooh, that could be and then also, you know, like sometimes you're feeling it and sometimes you're not. So it's yes. like, you could go out to dinner and like have this big plan of, oh yes, you know, I'm going to have this. And then you have one bite and you're like, I'm good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Lots of to-go boxes after surgery. And that's, oh, yeah. that's what we found oh, yeah. out. My, my wife is actually going through the process to have it now. So she'll, she'll have it. She'll, I'll, I'll be more than a year out by the time she actually has it. But, you know, we had a little setback with her insurance company. So now she's on my insurance and, you know, we had to wait to do that for open enrollment and kind of go yeah. through all that, but she'll have my same surgeon and all that as well. But that's another something that she was talking about. She was like, that's going to be hard for me mentally because you lose like you lose and I lose like I lose. And yeah. that's typical man, woman weight loss, like every diet we've ever done together through the years, I've always been, you know, more than double what she's lost. And that's always been kind of hard for her. But I told her, you know, with this one, it's a lot different. Like you're, you're going to lose the weight. It's just going to take a little bit longer, but your inch, your inch loss was what's going to be so crazy. It's like the measurements we're going to have, because I didn't do measurements, even though I really should have, mm -hmm. I just did kind of clothes sizes type things. So I know that I've lost, you know, I went from a 58 pant down to a 42 pant, those types, like, I know those changes, have, thank you. I know those changes have been made, but I didn't measure, measure. And I told her, I was like, oh, we're going to measure you. Like we're taking pictures. We're measuring like I'm doing everything with her that I didn't yeah. do. Oh yeah. She, she's going to be all in. So she'll, she'll have plenty to look back on. <laughs> That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So will you kind of share with us your weight story? Like how, how, or why did you make the decision to have uh, bariatric surgery and what impact has weight made on your life, you know, before surgery and after surgery? Sure. Um, you know, 
like most people that you've, or, or many people that you've talked to before, I, um, I actually did not struggle um, with weight growing up, maybe like as a kid, but you know, you end up, you get taller, all of that stuff. So I was, I was pretty skinny. I actually weigh the exact amount today that I did when I graduated high school. So I weigh 150 pounds right now. Um, and like, you know, I was athletic, like I played basketball, you know, I, you know, I like to like do the, whatever the presidential fitness test. Oh yeah. That's the only thing I still this day I can't do a pull up, but maybe one day. That's that's my goal later. Um, but I you know I was always active, so I actually didn't start gaining weight until college, of course. Um, and then it just progressively, you know, just continued to get there. And I did I did all the diets, um, Weight Watchers, Swim Pass, Octavia. I've had a physical trainer. I've gone to the gym twice a day. Like I, you know, did it all, but it just would yo-yo. And I think really, you know, at the end of the day, like I shared, you know, I'm in corporate America. So there's lots of meat for coffee. Let's go to happy hour. Oh, oh, let's go grab lunch. Oh, we got this, you know, we're out of town for a week. So everybody's going to have Ruth Chris and, you know, all mm -hmm. of these different, um, you know, fancy dinners. And it's like, there's no, there's no restriction on what you get, right? So I think yeah. just over time, just, and, and I, I would drink, I was a social drinker. So I think all of those just end up adding up. Had my son in 2015 um, and had lost most, most of the baby weight, like I breastfed, all of that good stuff. Um, but then what, this is what did it is that, so we're originally from Virginia. Um, and then I took on um, a new role with my job in New Orleans. So we moved to New Orleans. And if you've been to New Orleans, they have the best food anywhere, hands down. No one can compete. I've traveled internationally. Like no one has food like New Orleans. Um, and so honestly, like it just kind of spiraled um, from there. Like shrimp po' boys, roast beef po' boys, shrimp and grits, all of that good stuff. Plus my husband loves too. Yep, beignets. My husband's an amazing cook. Um, and so things just kind of got out of control. And then I did, I was on a diet and I lost about 40 pounds. Um, and then we actually, we moved again. So we moved to Shreveport, Louisiana. And again, you know, I took over like a new team. And so it was like, oh, you know, oh, I need to take this person to lunch and I need to do this and kind of same cycle all over again. So it was actually, in, um, in Shreveport, we ended up making the decision to have the surgery. And so at that time I weighed 274 pounds. That was my highest um, recorded. And literally like I look at the pictures and me and my husband, we do the same thing, but we look at pictures from before and we're like, one, who is this person? Like, I don't remember him looking the, the weight, you know, that he was. And he doesn't remember me looking, you know, the weight that I did. I don't even remember, you know, me being that, um, big and then we also tease our friends and we're like you guys couldn't tell us like you couldn't have an intervention with us like what yep. <laughs> I do that all the time I'm like how come y'all didn't tell me I look like this I'm just big as hell out here like, <laughs> right. y'all didn't, didn't say nothing y'all couldn't take, give me a heads up like come on man <laughs> exactly and I can remember saying there's uh, a store that I really like and I was like you know what it, 
if they ever get to a point where I can't fit the clothes anymore, then that's when I'm going to do something. And then they started making bigger clothes. So they used to make clothes that stopped at 18. And then they started making 20 and 22s. So oh, I was wearing a 22. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's crazy to think that. Yeah. Well, and, you know, and especially when you're, you know, I think when you're in corporate America, or I mean, even not, food is such an integral part to getting to know people. Yes. It's an integral part of business. It's an integral part of like, I've moved to this new area and I need to like get to know the culture. Exactly. And, right. And when those types of foods are just the foods that are readily available, you just kind of eat them all the time. And then do you find yourself in, in a position where you just can't, can't lose the weight? And I absolutely resonate with your story. Mine is very, very similar. I was, I weighed 180 pounds in high school. I look at pictures of myself now, you know, back then. And it's like, oh my God, if I could look like that again, I would be so, so thrilled. But I was active. I was fit, you know, all that kind of stuff. Went to college, boom, all of the weight came. And it's almost like something gets switched, you know, internally, you know, biologically. Once you reach that certain weight threshold, you are not going to get rid of it doing what, you know, doing all the things that, that you're doing. There's just nothing. You, you yeah. require this outside tool to help you live your life at a healthy weight. And it's frustrating that, you know, we, we you know, I went, I think, probably 15 years without using the tool that I should have just because I thought it was something that was for, you know, 600 pound people. I thought it was for, you know, for people who, who were just much larger than I was. And it's absolutely yeah. not the case. Not the yep. case. Oh. I can actually remember I went, um, I'm very active with uh, the college that I went to and it's in the mountains. So there's like literally like steps, like they just go forever. And, you know, I used to walk those steps like it was nothing like, yeah. you know, oh, I'm late, gotta run to class. And mm -hmm. I went back um, for, I think it was maybe my 10th year anniversary. And I remember walking up the steps and I was like dying, like, where's my car? Where's the <laughs> parking? Like, I can't do this. And I, you know, I was just like, okay, this, this isn't, this isn't cool. Yeah, no. Yeah, and I, no. well, and I couldn't imagine living in, in Louisiana. My, my wife's got family from Louisiana, so anytime I'm there, deep fried boudin balls are my business. So <laughs> I, if I had access to those all the time, I, yeah, I, I probably couldn't have gotten a surgery because I'd still be eating them. You can eat like a king for $10. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, uh, deep fried boudin balls with cheese in the middle are like the most uh, the best thing on the planet. And yeah, so I, I would eat those things. I used to eat the, I just, I'd get a package for me and then a package for everybody else to split. But yeah, I, those that, yeah. So I couldn't imagine having access to that all the time. Yes. Well, my, my culinary life was changed when we took a trip to kind of Nashville. Uh, you know, we kind of did that area. And that was the first time that I had had deep fried pie. And I was like, what? is this and then of course your life changes and you're like how have i not deep fried anything pickles oh my god right i mean so i can only i mean the struggle is real because that food is amazing amazing so we'd, we'd like to kind of ask you about your VSG experience, right? Some, yeah. a lot of our, a lot of our listeners are, they're in the process, they're pre-op or they're just thinking about it. Uh, so to be able to talk with people who have successfully gone through the process, I think really helps people just solidify their decision or, or help make their, make their decision. Mm -hmm. So will you describe for us, what, what was your pre-op and your post-op experience like? Yeah. 
So um, we started the process in January, very similar to what you said, Tim, like we made sure like with open enrollment that we were like on the enhanced plan, like, you know, we kind of had a plan. Um, mm -hmm. And so we ended up going for the consultation in January. Um, I, everything was like in-house. Our surgeon had, the nutritionist was there, the insurance specialist was there. Everything was, was pretty convenient. Um, and my husband was like, this is what I'm doing. I was kind of like, mm, I, let me go see what they're talking about. <laughs> so, um, so we went to the consultation and it ended up like, it was like an open thing where anybody could come. But that day it was literally just my husband and I. So we were, it was just us, just the doctor. And he explained like the different options, bypass, sleeve, balloon, et cetera. Um, we had been researching the sleeve, which he totally agreed with based on, you know, the amount of weight that we wanted to lose. Um, and then like, I mean, I was sold. I was just like, okay, you know what, like this, I think we can do this. And especially since, you know, my husband, he was already gung-ho about it anyway. I'm like, well, you're not gonna be out here looking skinny and then I'm not. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and so you know, we spoke with the insurance specialist, which, you know, was super important because it's like, okay, it's two of us, like how much is this gonna cost us? Um, we had Anthem insurance. So um, for the most part, um, they covered almost everything. I would say from beginning to end, we probably paid about 3000 each. And that's like from the psyche valve to the, just the co-pays to like anesthesia, like everything. And, and I'm probably even over um, charting with that. Um, and it was so, and it wasn't all at one time. It was literally like bits and pieces kind of over time. Um, we were able to do uh we had to do the six months, so we were able to do virtual visits um, with the doctor, which was very convenient. Um, obviously, we had the psych evaluation. I think people get psyched out about the, the psych eval, but it was really like just going in, you know, we chatted for a couple hours, almost like this, where just asking questions about, you know, how did we get this way? What's the relationship with food? Why are we doing this? And in my opinion, I've never asked. Um, anyone, but I just feel like they want to make sure that you're mentally ready um, for this mm -hmm. and that you're able to, you know, accept that this is a complete lifestyle um, change. So that, that was fine. Um, did all like the different blood work and all of that good stuff. And I would say the one hiccup that I had is um, we found out right when our surgery was, also our surgeon, he took a month long vacation to Europe. And so that kind of pushed us into July versus June, which was okay until we found out that I was maybe having a job opportunity that was going to take us from Louisiana to California. And they were like, uh-oh, like, doctor, like, we're waiting on this information, but when we get this information, it's going to be like, hey, we need you, you know, in California. And he's like, okay. He's like, well, you know, let's get everything done. Let's see if we can push it. Like, these are the days, you know, that I have available. So let's try and make it happen. Cool. Everything went well with my husband, but then with me, mind you, I've never had high blood pressure before. Never. But when I went to go get my final, um, like sign off by the primary care doctor, um, my blood pressure was through the roof. And so I'm like, doctor, like, I do not have high blood pressure. Like I just, 
I got this job. I'm trying to figure out, am I getting the promotion or not? Are we moving to California? Am I going to be able to get the surgery? Because our doctor had already told us that if we didn't um, get it, if he wasn't able to do it, we would basically have to start all over again. Like he had people he could recommend. He had, he knew someone, um, but we were going to have to like start the process all over again, which was like, no, no way. And so our blood pressure's through the roof. She's like, okay, this is what I want you to do. Go home, relax, come back tomorrow. If it's good, I'll sign off. So I did that, came back the next day, still through the roof. And she's like, I cannot sign off on this. And I'm like, no, like you have to, like, I'm fine. I'll be good, I promise. And she's like, he, she's like, well, let me write you a prescription. Take these um, high blood pressure pills. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I don't want to be on high blood pressure medication the rest of my life. And um, she's like, take the pills, come back like a week later, which now we're cutting it really, really close. I was actually supposed to have the surgery before my husband did. And, and it obviously got swip swapped. So go back the next, take the pills religiously, come back the next week. And it was good. It was fine. She was able to sign off. So husband ended up having the surgery first, which then it gets more complicated. He had his surgery on a Wednesday. His stepdad died on Saturday in Virginia. Oh We're still in Louisiana. He's in, he's in Virginia. And, um, and we knew that that time was like winding down, but his mom was like, hey, like, you know, you guys still have your surgery. Like, this is important to you. Like, you know, like do what you have to do. So he has the surgery, stepdad dies on Saturday. And he's like, I gotta go. He's like, I, you know, I, I gotta go. And I'm like, okay. Like, and doctor's like, you're not supposed to fly. And he's like, I have to go. He's like, I'm either driving 16 hours or I'm going to, um, or I'm going to fly. And so the doctor was like, okay, well, I don't want you, to, if you drive, I need you to stop like every two hours and like walk or, you know, or you fly and I need you to put on all this compression stuff, which he ended up flying. And then, but mind you, my surgery is scheduled for the following Wednesday. So I'm just like, oh, okay. So I didn't go to the funeral. I stayed back. Also, we had like movers coming, all of this stuff. So um, my best friend ended up flying from North Carolina. I had my surgery on Wednesday, the, the following Wednesday. He's still in um, Virginia. Our movers come that Saturday to pack. And then that Sunday, to, like take all of our stuff away. My husband came back on Saturday. And then Monday, us and the entire family flew to California to our new oh life. Here we are. So eight days later, I ended up getting on a plane too. So wow. I mean, nothing like throwing a few wrenches in the system to make it, you know, to just excite things a little bit. No wonder yeah. your blood pressure was so damn high. It makes the story so much better, though. I mean, it does though, for real. I mean, but I mean, it, it makes sense why your blood pressure was high because you had a few things going on. I get it. That's insane. Well, and. I mean, not only is surgery like beyond stressful, right? But you had all this other, all these other things going on in your life. And to, to hear you say though, like, okay, stuff was crazy, but I advocated for what was best for me. 
is something that I think people feel that they can't do, right? Because well, I'm not a doctor, or I'm not a nurse, or, you know, I don't know what this is, you know, so I'm just not going to say anything. But really along your bariatric process in your journey, you really do have to learn how to become an advocate for yourself. You, you need to be able to say either, I don't understand what you're saying, I don't understand the words, or no, this is something that I know I need to do, let me to have a conversation with you about this, you know, we need to work together on this. If you're not an advocate for yourself, it, things will not end up how you want them. And, and that can be not a good thing. We have to learn to use our voice to let people know and to let our doctors and our, our nurses know, no, you know, for sure. I, I think I need this. Wow. Holy Jesus. That's wow. Okay. <laughs> Hey guys, it's April. When I'm craving something sweet, I always head to my pantry and I grab my jar of retreat drinks, hot cacao. But I know I'm doing it for more than just my sweet tooth. Cacao is one of the highest plant-based sources of magnesium, the most efficient mineral in the Western world. Magnesium is so important for a healthy heart and it helps turn glucose into energy, enabling our brain to work with laser sharp clarity and focus. It's a total mood booster without the caffeine. I absolutely love it, and I think you will too. Visit retreatdrinks.com and use the code EAST to WEST for 20% off your first order. Happy sipping. So what what has been the biggest aha moment for you after surgery? What's maybe been like your biggest lesson, your biggest like, oh, this was this was what was missing, you know, before surgery? I think so. It's easy to kind of just put one foot in front of the other, right? Where it's just like one day turns into the next, one week turns into the next week. And so you don't realize, you know, when you're carrying all of that weight, like what um, the energy, like the energy that you're, you're lacking. And so um, to really back up, even before my husband brought up like having the surgery, one of the biggest thing that stood out to me is I was sitting on the floor with my son. He was like three at the time. We're playing with like toy cars and he looked up at me and said, mommy, you're fat. And like, that was like huge for me. Like, oh, wow. Like one, how does he even know the difference? Right. And then two, is this what I want? Like for the rest of my life, like, do I want to like watch from the sidelines or do I want to be out, you know, running and you know playing basketball and doing all of those things that I could do if you know if I didn't have the weight so I think that's like the biggest aha for me is that you the energy that you're missing you don't know until you get that back and you're like oh whoa what you mean I can I can walk five or six miles a day like that's that's possible or or, you know you can do these things without feeling out of breath or winded um that's I think huge. Mine was that way, except the mobility side of things. I didn't realize how immobile I had become until I started getting it back. And then once you realize you've done something, you're like, wait a minute. Like, I could have done that a couple of months ago. Like, that's pretty cool. Yep. Like, oh, mm-hmm. shit. Like, no kidding. I'm not... But yeah, the, the, the energy thing really does make uh, a, a big change. Because I ran into some people that I hadn't really seen since earlier on in my in my journey. And they were talking about, you know, they're like, well, you look a lot better, but you've got to feel tremendously better. And I'm like, well, yeah. I was like, let me try to put it in perspective for you because it's like where my car was parked, you know, in the restaurant, in the parking lot of the restaurant we were at. I was like, 
I couldn't have walked from where the car is now to the building that we're in without being completely out of breath and having to take a minute before we sat down. I was like, my hips would have hurt. My knees would have been shot. I was like, I would have been a mess by the time we sat down. I was like, cut to now. We're in a booth. That's amazing in itself. Mm -hmm. I was like, I walked to the building. No issues. And I was like, I actually ran to the building carrying my granddaughter, who's four years old and weighs like, you know, 50 pounds. So that would never have happened before. Like I would have been able to pick her up, but I damn sure wouldn't have run anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, I mean, yeah, those things, when you, when you get those back, you don't even realize it until like, it takes you a second and it does take you back. Cause you're just like, Oh damn, like I didn't even think about it. Yeah. Well, and I think too, it, it's one of the reasons that it's so hard for us to make the decision to have weight loss surgery, because you just can't imagine a life so different from the one that you're currently living. Right. And you just don't believe that you can get there. And if you're missing that belief, then it's going, it's going to be really difficult for you to make that decision because you understand that, you know, I'm going to go through something life altering and something that I can't take back for results that I'm not guaranteed of. Right. So you're always on this cusp, even though you think you're going to have more energy, you're anticipating this, you've just never felt like that. So it's really hard to make this huge leap without ever having experienced that feeling or remembering experiencing that thing. So it's a, it can be a really big barrier. Uh, what, what are some things or what has been the thing that has been harder than what you expected after surgery? Or has there been? I think, I think, you know, people have issues with like the stalls and like, you know, kind of getting over that. And so I, um, I can remember like having stalls and just being like, why isn't the scale moving? I remember like at probably about 80 pounds loss. I was like, oh, is this it? Like, is, is it? Cause I think I had reached, I had wanted to lose a hundred in a year and I didn't reach that. Um, so I was just like, oh, well, you know, is, is this it? If it's it, like I'm okay, but that's just not what I expected. Um, but then I continued to lose. And then I also made changes myself, made sure that I was, you know, doing the right things, getting the right amount of protein, being active. Um, so certainly, even when you have those kind of setbacks, you have to look back at yourself too and be like, hey, you know, am I doing the right thing too? So, um, so I would say stalls. Um, I didn't really like miss like any type of like food or anything, you know, specific like that. I used to be, used to drink like two Cokes a day um, and I could never get over it. Even when I was like dieting, I would get over it for a while and then I would go right back. Um, So, you know, definitely happy to say I haven't touched the soda and, you know, since before surgery. So over, it's been 19 months. So that's been huge for me. If I could have stopped that, you know, years ago, I probably wouldn't have even been in that um, situation, but you know, so that's, that's been amazing. <laughs> so why, why, what changed, right? Because to, to go from, you know, you, you just said like, well, I, it sounds like I stopped soda because of the surgery. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. So was it the physical inability to drink sparkling beverages or is it more than that? Was it more than was, just, I think I was scared because of what I heard oh. that like, oh, you know, like the air and it's gonna like make your pouch get bigger so Mm -hmm. I just didn't want to take the the chance and I mean it's not it's not that deep there's so many you know alternatives I used to hate water um so I 
drink it religiously now, which is awesome. And then you yeah. know, I'll take protein shakes. And I do drink juice. So we drink a lot of apple juice uh, in the house. But I mean, still, we're looking at a 80 calorie apple juice versus 190 calorie um, salaries. I mean, uh, Coke. So yeah, it's a huge difference. And I think just like people say, once you create those habits, mm-hmm. as long as you don't break them, it's, it's so much easier. Like, I don't even think about it. No. Well, and we, 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 we've talked often about willpower and how it's kind of this, this misnomer, but it, it is interesting that once you make the commitment to do something one time, it's almost like you, you get a little, you get a little stronger, right? So that when, when that comes at you the second time, it's like, oh no, I've done this before. I've said no to this before, or I, or I've chosen something different. And the more that you make that decision, the more solidified it just becomes as your go-to. And it really kind of sounds like it's what you've done with soda. It's like, nope, I've just, I was too scared. I didn't want to mess up this. So I just said no. And for whatever reason, undergoing the surgery allows that no to be the easier thing to not only say, but do. Whereas before surgery, that's not the easier thing to say or do. It's almost impossible. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't understand what magic is behind that, but it really is something that happens after surgery. All of a sudden your ability to say no and actually mean it and follow through with it is just unparalleled to what it was before. And- yeah, and I, and I think you have to, um, you have to, prevent things yourself so like we don't we don't keep sodas in the house our kids don't drink sodas obviously they can have it if they if we go out to dinner or something like that we don't keep it in the house or Mm -hmm. anything yes yeah and it was harder it was harder for me in my situation because i drank mountain dew which is the least carbonated of any of the carbonated beverages that there are there's almost no carbonation in mountain dew whatsoever and it's, a, it's it the sugar content is off the damn charts, but there's yeah, there's almost no carbonation whatsoever. So whereas I used to drink Dr. Pepper and Coke and Pepsi and those things will bloat you, I mean, all day long, but Mountain Dew won't do that. And so even though I knew that the carbonation side of things wasn't a factor, the sugar content was an extreme factor because I can't just drink a Mountain Dew. I have to drink like I, before I decided to stop, I was probably drinking at least at minimum two liters a day of Mountain wow. Dew. And I mean, yeah, oh, I was going through it like for real. I, I would buy two one liters at a time. And some there were days that I would go back and get more, you know, and I'd probably go through another one li- another one liter and maybe a half of another in a day because I was, you know, I was just going through it. Like it didn't bother me. Yeah, I was drinking them like 20 ounces almost, but knowing that the carbonation factor wasn't a part of it, but I know that I can't just drink one and it'd be fine. So yeah. I've had a couple of times post-op that I'll look at one, but it has to be, if it's like a, a crazy hot day and I see one that I know is like super cold in the, in the, <laughs> in, like in the thing in the store, I'll be like, damn, that would be so good right now. But I don't like I've never even almost bought one. I've never even like I don't do any like it's not even it's not a factor because I quit drinking it a year before I even had surgery because well, because I've backed off of it before and I know what the caffeine withdrawal headaches are like. Plus, I have migraines on top of that. So I was like, yeah, I'm not trying to recover from surgery and be dealing with these headaches on top of that. So let me just knock this out ahead of time start working towards my goal 
And I just kind of use those as, as stepping stones to where I wanted to be. Cause I'm like, if you're really going to make all these life altering changes, you need to be able to make some of these life altering changes before you even do it. So let's, let's get serious about it. Commit to some things before we actually do it. That way you're already in a goal oriented mindset that you're not going to start slipping after you've had this surgery. Mm-hmm. Which I think, which already speaks to how some, a lot of people say that this is the easy way out, but I think that that's a perfect example of showing just the willpower, motivation, and determination you have to have to go through um, something like yeah, that. The, the surgery is the easy part. <laughs> Everything after that sucks. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, before and after. Oh, yes. So we would love to ask you about your, your pregnancy experience. So you had a child before you had weight loss surgery, and now you're expecting your second child and you yeah. have lost weight, right? You're, you're, you're almost two years I- into your recovery. So how have the pregnancies been different? Well, certainly this was a surprise. So it, was, it wasn't something that we were um, planning for, but, but super excited. Um, nonetheless, uh, funny thing is I'm six years older, but I actually have, you know, so much more energy. Um, I'm still, as, as you guys see, I'm still out, um, you know, walking, jump roping, working out, um, you know, doing everything else. I was certainly concerned, you know, when we went to the doctor and just wondering like, okay, how are things like, you know, am I good? And, and yeah. he said, gastric sleeve patients do typically do very well um, with pregnancy, especially and as long as it's been at least a year. So at that time, it was, you know, had been 18 months um, for me. Um, And, you know, he's like, but I do want to check all of your vitamin levels, all of that good stuff. So he took a ton of blood. I thought I was going to pass out that day. Um, But he was like, oh my goodness. He was like, your vitamins, everything is like picture perfect. And I was like, Um, so definitely excited about that. Um, I actually, I haven't gained any weight. So I'm 14 weeks, haven't gained any weight. I've actually lost. I think I'm gaining back to a little bit to like where I was when I first found out. Um, but you know, which I was excited about, but I wanted to make sure that that was okay too. And he's like, oh yeah, he's like, it's fine. Especially, you know, right now, I don't expect that you're going to gain, you know, a bunch of weight. I was like, well, I would like to gain no more than 20. And he's like, well, picture perfect is 23 pounds. He was like, I think that, you know, you'll basically, you'll be fine. And really like in my head, I'm just like, I just don't want to have like this huge starting point, right? Like I'm already like, okay, I need to make sure I have my jogging stroller so I can like get out and do these things. And just mentally out, you know, it would be nice to have a number that's easier to start from versus a bigger number. But other than that, I had zero morning sickness whatsoever um like didn't throw up not one time um uh it's been it's been to be honest very uneventful like if I didn't know I wouldn't know like if I hadn't took that test and my husband was like I think you need to take a test (laughs) but like if I hadn't taken that test like to this day like I wouldn't know (laughs) I probably I would have no clue I would just be like why aren't where are my abs how how come my abs aren't peeking through because I I just feel super normal. Just has a baby. Yeah, that would be me. That would be me. Um, I've had um, I had allergic reaction to some tomato soup, um, and I've never had any type of allergy. So that happened a, a couple of weeks ago. I have an appointment today, and I'm gonna be like, 
what's up with this? And then like my eyes have been like really red and watery. But other than that, like I've had no issues whatsoever. Well, I had to, uh, I actually had to ask Natalie. So as we were preparing for this interview, I, you know, we're like, oh, we're super excited to be, to be talking with her. And I said, okay, but she is expecting a child, right? And I was like, yeah. And I had to like double check because I was like, I don't understand because what I'm seeing looks no different than what I've been seeing since I started following you. And I was like, did I miss something? I'm so confused because I mean, I was literally like, I swear to God, she said she was pregnant and this does not look like a pregnant woman. I mean, it was, it's just insane to me. I mean, in the best possible way. Yeah. And what, what really gives me hope is, you know, I, I had surgery partly because we, we've had many miscarriages. There's nothing wrong with myself or my husband and all of our, our doctors are like, well, it could be your weight. That's, mm -hmm. that's it. I'm not saying it is. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying that's the only thing. And, um, and what, you know, my, my worry is that, well, now that I've lost a bunch of weight, I'm going to be pregnant and I'm just going to balloon in size. And then and now that I'm used to this certain level of energy and being able to do things, now I'm very nervous about what it's going to do to my mental health when all of a sudden I'm growing and changing and I can't do these things. But I can't tell you how uplifting and inspiring your feet is from a woman who is, you know, actively trying to get pregnant to see you doing everything that you're doing and radiant and nope, everything's good. And I wouldn't even know. It's just so reassuring to me to know that life doesn't pause or life doesn't really, I mean, it's going to change, but in, in ways that are healthy and, and sustainable. So I appreciate you just being so like open and honest and like, this is what it is on, on your feed and what you share, because it's, it's very inspiring and it's very motivating, uh, you know, for somebody in, in my position. So thank you for doing that. Yeah. Someone told me the other day, they're like, oh, I see the baby. And I'm like, no, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> like what? Uh -uh. I, I will say like a couple of things that I did change. Um, I don't do any ab work um, mm. right now. Like I might do like torso twist or like something like that, but no yeah. like crunches. I'm not doing anything like that. And I'm not lifting um, any heavy weights. So no more than, um, than 10 pounds. I would love to be doing more. Like this would be um, like the optimal time. Plus obviously you, you see some of these amazing ladies. I mean, they're pumping iron. Um, so, so definitely I'll, I'll hope to do that after the baby, but definitely just being conscious. Yeah. Well, and, and I know too, I, I have been pregnant before. Like I said, I've had many miscarriages and, uh, one time when I was pregnant, I was, I was a, a one a day or sometimes a two a day hot yoga, uh, mm -hmm. devotee. Absolutely love the practice, the heat where all that stuff was great. And I remember talking to my OB at the time and I said, well, I'm really nervous because like hot yoga is just very much what I do. And it, you know, all this kind of stuff. And she had just said, you know, for people who, who are a certain level of fitness and for somebody who does something every single day, you can continue to do those things. You just really need to monitor you and I need to be in, you know, great communication. And obviously hot yoga is very different because you're in a very hot room. So I'm not saying that, but it was just nice to know that, you know, if you do find yourself pregnant, there are many things that you can and should continue to do because it's just a part of who you are and, and it's your life. Sometimes it's one of those things where it's detrimental if you all of a sudden stop doing it. Um, so it's just nice to know that, like I said, life continues and you just have to be very aware and work with your, you know, work with your doctors and work with every, all of these medical professionals in your life to make sure that you have a healthy pregnancy, but also to make sure that you're maintaining your, your life in the way that you want to maintain it as you, as you go through these changes. Yeah. So how, how are you planning on, um, I, I guess, 
I don't even know the right word, but you know, as your body changes, are you worried about what that's going to do to your mental health or, you know, just to, to who, you know, where you've come in terms of your weight? Yeah, um, typically I'm a pretty even keeled um, person. So like, mm. I don't, you know, like suffer from anxiety or depression or anything like that. I'm a thinker. So my mind is always like reeling. So I kind of just work these things out in my head um, and sort of, of, you know, have like a loose plan. Um, like, I feel good. I feel like if I'm am able to continue to be active, then, you know, I'll be fine. Um, further, um, like at the end of the day, like you're still not able to eat um, a lot. Like just because you're pregnant doesn't mean that the sleeve is going to let you, allow you to eat more. So when I talked to my doctor about that, he was like, um, he's like, there's no such thing as eating for two. Like that's not what a pregnant woman should be doing. She should really only be increasing her calories by about 300 calories, you know, more than yeah. what they normally would, which isn't a lot. I mean, that could be, you know, two shakes. That could be, I mean, it could be a few cookies if that's really what you want to do. Um, so I found that I'm eating a little bit more, probably a little more like carbs, like rice and stuff like that than um before but still like I'm still very limited to like what I can eat um I'm not really tracking but I know that I'm having that I'm you know eating more um but not you know anything that's going to be like crazy like the baby's getting it so as long as the baby's getting it and not my like thighs or arms or whatever I'm okay with that <laughs> Absolutely. And when, uh, when, when I learned that stat as well about how many extra calories you should be consuming, I was shocked at how little that was. Yeah. Uh, and granted, this was years ago, right? So that whole misnomer of like, oh, you're eating for two. No, 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 you are not. You are eating for That's yourself. That's what you're choosing to do. Mm -hmm. Yes. So that, that, was, uh, that was very eye-opening uh, for me. Definitely. So and awesome. Well, I've never been pregnant, and I used to eat for two too, so don't worry about it. It's cool. it's, it's, what you, what you've never been pregnant? That's what a lot of people choose to do. I looked like I was about 48 months pregnant with twins, but that's not, that's just not how it works. And, and I'll say like this, like I didn't have cravings my first pregnancy. This one I do, but luckily it's fruit. <laughs> so ah, fruit is what I crave. That's like the best thing that you could possibly crave. <laughs> yeah, other than broccoli. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for being for for answering our, our questions about pre pregnancy and, and bariatric surgery. I know that it's on a lot of people's minds, and it's nice to kind of have somebody who's in it to in it in the moment uh, answer those questions for us. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So now we 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 want to switch gears. We want to move to motivation, movement, and management. Three things that you are clearly an expert in. Hey guys, it's April. I just want to give a shout out to our very first podcast sponsor, Gather Juice Company. They're located in my backyard. That's right. Grit City, Tacoma, Washington. And their juices, shots, cleanses, and toasts have really made a difference in my bariatric recovery. If you live locally, swing by their 6th Avenue location and pick up something that you will enjoy yourself. And if you don't live locally, send them a quick direct message and just let them know you appreciate their sponsorship of East to West. You've got this and we've got you. We... 
I think after surgery, at least for me, I have very much come to realize that movement and exercise before surgery was a form of punishment. Mm. Right. I either did it because I had to, I thought that I needed to, to move and to really work out if I wanted to lose weight, or I used it as a punishment for making food decisions that were not on my plan at the time. Right. So I was either doing keto and I ate something right. I mean, you fill in the blank. I, I committed to doing this. I messed up and now I need to punish myself for that decision by going to the gym and, and, and kind of doing all those things. So really for me, and I think a lot of people in our community, movement and exercise are very closely tied to shame and guilt. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, you know, you lose a bunch of weight and you realize, oh, you know, nutrition and movement are really kind of separate when it comes to my weight. I have to do both to have a long, healthy life. Uh, but for me, my first year uh, after recovery was just focusing on the nutrition. I lost all my weight. Okay, great. Now I'm to the point in my recovery where my body and my, my mind are really calling me to move more, mm-hmm. but it's been a big challenge for me because again, this is associated with guilt and shame. Well, I only did that because I had to, even though my body's asking me to, my, my brain and my body are really kind of right there. They're going against each other, right? So moral of the story, exercise and movement are not seen as something joyous. Mm -hmm. So how can we shift our mindset so that movement and exercise is something that that is not only needed and necessary, but fun and enjoyable and something that we want to do every day? How do we make that shift? Man, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head earlier. You said, you know what, you really loved hot yoga right? So I think it's about finding things that you love doing. So really before the pandemic, I was going to, I was going to the gym. I was going to the gym every day. Um, Can't say that I loved it. Like I was still, you know, um, hadn't lost like a ton of weight yet, because that would have been what, you know, we'll go back to what January, February of of last year. So I would have been about five, six months in. So had lost like maybe say, we'll say 50 pounds or, or so, which is, which is awesome, but still like you're, you may not have that confidence to walk around in the cute outfits and like, but like, I remember I used to look at the Zumba classes because I used to do Zumba and I would look and I'd be like, mm, I want to go in, but not yet. Mm, no, not, not yet. Um, and so that was kind of pre-pandemic and then obviously pandemic hit and the gym is closed. So then it's like, oh, well, what do I do now? And so I actually got a love for walking outdoors. Luckily, I do live in California. So that's, that's easy, right? The sun is the sun is shining. There's sidewalks everywhere. There's parks, there's trails. Um, so I, um, and me and my husband, we would challenge each other too. We actually downloaded the Nike Run app. Um, so that was huge because then we were like tracking it and we could do these different challenges. Um, so started walking. Um, that was huge. And then I started incorporating more movement. And then I started saying, oh, you know what? Well, I want to concentrate on this or I want to concentrate on that. So I started um, recording more of my exercising exercises and first offering them to my Facebook group, which is named the same thing, um, and then bringing them over to IG. And then I was like, then I got to a point where I was like, okay, well, I like everything else about my body, but I'm not loving my stomach. So I'm not loving my abs. And I was like, you know what, let me create this 21 day ab challenge. And so I literally just started researching. I was on Pinterest. I was reading articles. I was looking at videos, trying to find the um, best ab uh, exercises to do. 
So once I found that, then I just created this ab challenge. I got other people uh, involved with me and started that. So I actually did three months of that. People loved it. So I did three months of that. Um, and that was super helpful. And I saw the change and, and I continued to lose both weight, but also start to see, um, you know, like more definitions, more definition in my abdomen area. And then I just started doing other stuff like arm stuff, you know, now I'm doing a jump rope challenge um, with people. So I just, and, and that also, I was never like really into Pinterest and who knew you could find like workouts and stuff on Pinterest, but like I started finding more and more people that inspired and motivated me. And so then, you know, really it was just like, oh, well, let me try this. Or, oh, I never thought about that movement before. I didn't know you could do, could do that. And so just kind of creating my own thing actually gave me a ton of motivation. And with the pandemic, everybody was looking for that anyway, because no one, I was the only one that couldn't go to the gym. No one could. So everybody was looking for a way to, um, you know, to make it happen. And, you know, I've had trainers that have reached out and want to do like personal training sessions, but it's like, you know what, I can, I can probably just do this myself. Um, and so that's, that's what I've done, even though I probably will consider a trainer um, after the baby just to, you know, make sure that I'm targeting the exact right muscles, but it, that's kind of how I did it and how I started incorporating, you know, movement more and more. Well, and I think one of the one of the things you kind of hit the nail on the head when you were talking about find something you love to do because so many people get bogged down with the fact that they only say, "Well, I see this person's doing this, so that's got to be what I do." And they go into the gym and they try it, and they're like, "Well, this sucks." And it's like, "Well, yeah, because maybe that's not for you. Like, yeah. you may not want to be in there in the free weights and like doing you know butterflies and doing all this other stuff. Like, that may not be for you. Like, you need to find something that you like that's going to target what you want to target." And, and, you know, mix it up. It doesn't have to be, you know, you're not, you're not going to do the same thing as somebody who's training to do a, a bodybuilding show or somebody no. who's going to do a fitness challenge of this over there. You may just want to do something, you know, people, it, it's the same thing with weight loss. You can't compare yourself to somebody else's fitness journey, just like you can't compare yourself to somebody else's weight loss journey. You're going to be on a different level than somebody because you don't know that person hadn't been working out since they were 17 and were, you know, exactly went to, went to college on a damn track scholarship. And so they can, you know, running for them is not a big deal. Like, yeah, or that their body is just naturally able to do that. Like some people, I mean, they're just naturally able to create, you know, muscle and it, it just works just like high metabolism. It just is a part of their true. DNA. Yeah. The other thing that I really, it made me connect to when you were talking about how, how you started all of this, you really just got curious about movement. You really just asked yourself like, well, I mean, if I can't go to the gym, what could I do? Well, I could just go outside and walk. Like I'm going to try that. And then you discovered, Oh, I really like this. And then you noticed something about yourself that maybe you weren't hundred percent happy with. It's not that you don't like anything. It's just that you were like, well, you know, I kind of like some definition in my abs. So then you just did the research. You, you use the tools that we all have at our disposal and, and hyper-focused on one specific area. And then you right, you did the research, you got comfortable, you gave it a try, you invited other people to join you, right? You kind of shared it publicly, but it was just being curious. It was just you going, hmm, I wonder. Yeah. And, and I say this all the time, but like, 
a lot of times now I'm not even showing up for me. I'm showing up for everybody else that's like, oh, well, you didn't, you didn't send us a workout today or, oh, you haven't done a TikTok in like a week. Where are you? I'm like, okay, guess I'll go work out today. I cannot tell you though, Risa, how many people we have talked to recently and all, and all these people that we look up to who are just like our movement gurus, they mm -hmm. all say the same thing. They're like, when I feeling, when I am not feeling motivated, I don't do it for me. I do it for everybody else, right? Because I publicly said that, well, this is who I am. And when all of a sudden, when the, when everybody gets days where they're like, I just don't want to do this, I have to think out of side of myself and I have to go, but now that I'm doing this publicly, who else is need, you know, who needs me to yeah. be that motivation? And then that motivates you to just go move more. Yeah. And, and, and once you start doing it, once you get out of bed, put on the workout outfit and actually get out there and do something, you're like, oh yeah, I'm good now. We, we just had, and this episode is not, it's not public yet, but we interviewed a professor, Phil, the creator of dive bar nutrition. Yeah. Cool. Okay. He's amazing. And he said something very, he, I mean, he said almost exactly what you said. He's like, you know what, on the days that I don't want to do it, I just tell myself five minutes, you're going to take your ass to the gym for five minutes and you're going to walk on the treadmill for five minutes. And then after that's done, then you can be done. I give myself permission to, to leave the gym. And he says, but really after I've gotten there and I'm, and I'm on it for five minutes, I'm like, oh, forget it. Like I'm already here. I'm just going to keep doing it. And I, you know, and it was like, okay, yeah. Which is exactly what you said. Like just start the movement, commit to five minutes and then you're going to notice that you keep doing it. And I can do yeah. a video in five minutes. Like I could just do it and put it up, but it's just like, okay, well I'm here now. And what am I going to do two miles or I'm going to do four? Like, yes. You know, and the other thing that, that he said in a different way, but I think you have kind of also said it, uh, it, in our time today, you know, Phil said, you know, uh, when, when I'm when I'm helping people find the motivation to do something, I, I ask them or I have them ask themselves, "Am I doing this because I hate something about myself, my life, my situation, or am I doing something because I love something about my life, my situation?" Right? And when he said that, "Well, do I hate or do I love?" In my brain, I was like, "Oh my god," because what that did, and what I heard you say too is that no matter where you are each day you can you can find something that you that you love about yourself and you're and you want to move because of that love or you can find something that you want to improve right hate's a strong word but you looked at yourself and you said well i'd kind of like some definition in my abs i don't love it but i i want to focus on that i want to do this because i do love the way that i look and i really want to love this specific area of my physical body so you kind of use that technique just without using those same words to find the motivation or to find your reason for moving. Yep. Totally agree. Wow. wow. So if somebody is brand new to movement, do you recommend that they kind of do the same thing that you did? Just get curious about some aspect of it. Yeah, I would, I would say so, but I would also say like, I'm a huge um, proponent of walking. If you do the research of walking one um, it can be better than running. I actually hate to run. I did challenge myself and I can get, I can do a 12 minute, I could <laughs> do a 12 minute um, mile, but I don't love it, right? I don't love to run. But walking, I think one, um, it's easy. Most people can do it. <laughs> um, and then also 
it prepares you, I think, mentally and physically to do more. So like, you're not going to be able to do 100 jumping jacks if you can't walk, you know, a half a mile. You know what I'm saying? Like you just, the breath, all of that like needs to be there. Um, plus, I mean, you can do a lot of multitasking. So I actually, I, I read a lot. So I listen to audible books. Sometimes I listen to music, but a lot of times I'm listening to books or, um, or podcasts like this one. Um, so you're able to, to multitask and get other things done. Um, so I'm a huge fan of starting there and then um, you know moving to other things. Because if you can do that, you can do more. And if you can do a mile, you can do two. If you can do two, you can do four. And there's two very powerful things that I've recently learned about walking. Uh, one of them is they, they're starting to do research now globally about what they're calling these blue zones, so these blue zones of population. And the, they're people who live, they have the highest percentage of people who live to be 100. And, people, and then people who get to 100 have the best quality of life, right? So, yeah. so they're really trying to figure out like, what are these people doing? Because they're 100 or they're 105 and they're living like a 50 year old, right? Like they're their mentality. to the market every day, no so, car. Yes, this is what these the study is showing is that it's showing that it's people who walk and it's not a brisk walk. So it's like these little pockets of these communities in Italy or these pockets of people in Japan. And it's where slow walking is a part of their everyday movement where they're walking with other people because they're they're conversating, right? So like in, in Europe, there's these time of days where people stroll, promenades, right? They, they just go walk with family and friends and maybe they're walking to a cafe or they're walking to get gelato or, you know, whatever they're doing, it's this, it's this movement. And the other thing that they're finding about walking, which is kind of tied to this blue zone study, is that what they're showing is that when, when you're walking, if you just become aware of your breath for 30 mm -hmm. seconds, so as you're walking, if you just pause and take in this deep breath and you feel the air moving into your lungs, right, and, and throughout your body, it makes this switch in your brain and all of a sudden you open up these like other areas of your consciousness that you are able to use on processing. So they say that if people can get out and you take this deep breath and you just kind of like, you know, you're able to almost clear your mind so that your brain can do all of these functionalities that it's, that it's been doing in the background, but it's taking an extreme amount of energy. It frees up this brain energy to do these tasks very efficiently. And it almost like gives you more space and energy to do the things that you want to do, right? Like walking meditation is a very big thing now in kind of like the wellness community. And they say that, yeah, it's because it's literally helping your system flush everything out of your brain so that you can have like this clean slate. And it's all tied to walking, not fast walking, not power walking, not speed walking, not jogging, just walking. And I was like, oh my God. And I think people don't realize like, I, again, I'm fortunate, you know, we're in Cali, it's raining today, but luckily we got a treadmill. So that was one of our gifts, our Christmas gifts. Um, and my husband, but it took months to get here. So my husband's actually in the garage putting it together now. Um, but if you can walk outside, do that, you're going to get the sun, you're going to get that vitamin D, you get the nature, you get to breathe, like woosa, like that's my favorite. But if you don't do that, you can get a treadmill, you can 
go to the mall. Mall walkers, like that's real. Like you, you can go to the mall. It's open. Even when stores aren't open, you can walk the mall. You can, um, you can do, there's so many different, you know, things like even Target's my favorite store. So I take the long way. Sometimes I go down every single aisle. There's like, no shame in that. That's how you find all the good stuff. <laughs> but there's ways to do it and get it in even, you know, cause I get a lot of oh, I live in the Northeast, it's cold, or, you know, I live in um, Denver or whatever, like, I can't do that, like, there's, there's ways, if you, if you want to do it, then you can do it. So I guess that's, that, that's the golden question, right, or that's the million dollar question. There are ways that we can do it. I got 10,000 steps in the hospital when I was recovering from surgery. Wow, nice. We can get, right? You can get those steps in. Yeah. But what does it take to get you from, I don't want to do it to, I don't want to do it, but I'm doing it? What mm -hmm. is that? What, how do we get there? I think it's different for everybody. Like, I think you have to discover, you know, there's a lot of, find your why, right? But I think I, I think that that's relevant. I think you have to figure out, like if you're already on this journey, right? I think one of the things you can, I tell people is, I want you to look at that before picture and I want you to look at where you are now. Um, do you wanna go back to that or do you want to build on you know, what you've already um, created? Like that's huge motivation for me. I told a lady the other day, she's like, well, I've been in my house and, um, and I've been able to control like what I eat and I don't go to other people's houses and I don't do this and I don't do that. But one day I'll have to. And I said, girl, I said, go get you a picture of before and after. I want you to put it in your car. I want you to put it in your purse. I wanted to put it anywhere that you need to have that motivation. So like if you try to pull up to the Wendy's drive through, you can you can still go to Wendy's, but you need maybe you're making a different decision. Instead of getting that value meal, you're getting, you know, a salad or you're getting the burger without the bun. But like wherever you feel like you have triggers, like put something there that's going to motivate you to at least think about it. And even if, say you do have the burger, it's not the end of it, not the end of the world, but what are you going to do the rest of the day? And what are you going to do tomorrow? And how are you going to, what are you going to change to your workout to, to make up for that? Um, but as far as figuring out that determine, I think it's, I think it's different for everybody. So I think, you know, you have to figure out, I think it's good to have a goal. I think it's like, okay, just like we have protein goals and we have nutrition calorie goals, like have a fitness goal. What is it? I want, I want to be able to walk a mile. I want to be able to run for five minutes without stopping. I want to be able to do a hundred squats. Like, like what is that? It doesn't matter what it is. Just start something and start somewhere and challenge yourself to do it. And then if you need other people to motivate you, find, find a crew, find a tribe. It doesn't take more than two or three that will do this with you, that will commit to you, or that, you know, would be like, hey girl, did you do it? Or did you, did you get to, did you bench press 200 pounds today? Whatever. Um, I think that that's helpful. I also, I didn't really care or believe in like the Apple watches until my best friend was like, you know what, like you're really into this stuff. Like you probably should just get an Apple watch and we can like follow each other's, you know, activity throughout the day. And I was like, okay, you know, whatever. So my husband ended up getting me one for Christmas and I love it. And as much as I like am active, there's certainly days where it's like, oh, I might not get all my rings today. Like, what am I going to do? Let me 
let me go, you know, lift some weights for 10 minutes or whatever. That's, that's all it takes. Or there's been days where I literally turn my thing on and go up and down the steps 10 times or whatever. And boom, I'm there. Um, or even just the stand goal. That's so helpful because I literally, I sit here for hours, but now I get my, my reminder to stand up. I get up. I walk around the house, maybe I, you know, go get some water or a snack. I check on my kids at, you know, during their schoolwork or whatever. Like I do something and that's also kind of helping with that too and making, because you guys know you sit for six, seven hours and now all of a sudden you're all stiff and like things aren't working how they're supposed to. So now like I don't have that. And that's literally a device, like a device is telling you be healthy. So you know, just little things here and there. There's certainly apps where you can track things, but I think you just have to figure out what works for you. Well, and people need to realize too that it's not, that it can evolve. Like you don't have to, like you don't have to walk and just keep walking until you, until forever. Like it doesn't have to be that way. Move on. Start with small movements, start moving around, walk a little bit. And then if you decide that walking's not for you or you're tired of doing that, you want to do something else, then you can adjust your workout plan to include other things. And then if those, you know, you get to the point where you evolve out of that, you can move on to something else. So many people think so secular in the fact that they have to just do one, like they have to zone in, pick one thing, and that's what you've got forever. And that's just how it's going to be. Like, I, I love variety. I think variety is so important. Even with walking, I try to take, um, I have my favorite like little path, but then I also here and there, I try to change it up because your mind needs that change too. Cause we already do so many things on autopilot. And then also one thing we did during the pandemic as well as we bought bikes for the new bikes for the whole family. So we go um, biking too, which is, which is pretty cool. Well, and your muscles will take the, you know, your muscles take the shock of, of changing those exercises as well. Yeah. And they'll actually do things where they'll get, you know, Muscles get to a point where they, I'm going to say they stop reacting to what you're doing, but it won't react the same as if you adjust it, do something sure. new to shock the system, it'll, it'll react in a completely different way, so. Yeah, plus everything works different muscle groups. That's why you do some exercise and you're like, whoa, where did that come from? Like, why am I sore? Because you haven't worked that muscle group out in a while. And just like what you said, it doesn't matter if all you can do is 30 seconds of something. It absolutely doesn't matter because that's where you start. So you do 30 seconds today, tomorrow you do 31 seconds. The day after that, maybe you do 40, right? It's all about just starting where you're at and building from there because you're not gonna have a long, healthy life without movement. You're just not, right? Research is showing that, our doctors, our surgeons are, are telling us that. If we have great nutrition, that's wonderful. We're gonna be nutritionally sound, our numbers will be great. It's not gonna equate to a long, healthy life though. You have to have them together. And I think what was really helpful for me is that, you know, when I got to the point where I was really listening to my body and I felt my body calling for movement and I was getting resistance from my brain, mm -hmm. I had to ask myself, why are you resisting moving? I don't understand. And the answers that came back to me were really surprising. It was very much the all or nothing mentality, right? Well, you can't do CrossFit, so you don't, you know, why would you even waste your time? Or, well, you can't go do hot yoga and that's what you love. So you're not doing that. Okay, well, that's ridiculous. And then the other things that came back to me was, well, it's punishment. Why do you want to punish yourself? And that that's a real thing that I had to get over and I had to ask myself. And I had to have a lot of conversations with, with people. And Having these conversations with people like you and others and listening to these conversations, it helps me understand that, yeah, right? Movement is not punishment. 
It was before, and that's okay. That was my past, but I am a different person. It does not have to be the same thing moving forward. And it's not the same thing. That's just factually inaccurate. If I was using movement as punishment, oh my God, uh, that, no, can't do that. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I think that, that all or nothing is so real because that's why I believe I failed in previous times and previous diets because I felt like I had to be drinking water. I had to be um, following the diet and I had to be going to the gym. If I miss one of those on any day, then what's the point of doing any of it? You know, so um, that's kind of where I was. And so you get, get enough days of that. And then it's like, oh, diet's over back to, you know, real life. So I think that's certainly the difference um, that the tool gives you is because every day is like a diet, you know, it's, it's a, a forced uh, diet in some ways um, because it's, it's actually very hard to fail. Um, I, I was reading a statistic the other day that said 85% of um, weight loss surgery patients are successful even after five years. And that num that was very encouraging. I actually spoke about that in a, um, in a room on Clubhouse and um, people were like, oh, wow, like I didn't know that it was that high. I thought it was like, because people always hear the bad stories. They hear yeah. the person that tells them, oh, you know, oh, I know so-and-so, they had that surgery, but they gained all their weight back. But unfortunately, those are anomalies. So the good thing is that the tool gives you that leg up where you're not able to be like, you know what? Oh, I had a salad yesterday, but I'm going to have an eight-ounce steak today. Like you just can't. Um, which is nice. Um, and then you're, you're able to then make those other decisions that make it even more successful for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you have a lot going on in your life. You are, you're a wife, you are a mother, you, you are a professional, you own your own business. How do you manage all of this? Like, how do you make sure that you get everything in that you want to get in every day? I am an early bird, so I typically wake up about um, 6.30 is when my alarm goes off. I typically wake up before that. I do, um, you know, some social media stuff like in the morning to, I am on, I'm on, in some ways it's a disadvantage, but an advantage too. So I'm on the West Coast. So a lot of things are already happening by the time, you know, I'm um, waking up. So if I do wake up early, like, you know, a lot of times that's a good opportunity to kind of return um, uh, messages and, and things like that. Um, so that's pretty consistent. Like my wake up time, I like to work out in the mornings. That's my preferred um, time. I uh, literally, I made it clear that even to my job, even though that I work on the West Coast, like I'm not taking conference calls before 9 a.m. I will take an eight o'clock um, conference call, like if it's important, but I choose to optimize my health um, because I didn't so many years before. So now this is important to me. So I respect that you honor my calendar and not um, put appointments on my calendar um, before, preferably before nine, but definitely before eight. So that gives me an opportunity to get, you know, my walk and my workout in. Um, if I need, if I'm doing a post about it, I'm able to get that done. Um, so then, you know, obviously work takes, you know, most of the day, you know, nine to four, nine to five. Uh, Pandemic certainly, you know, has us working from home. I'm not able to travel um, because, so I manage like 
the West Coast uh, for our company. So I have from Seattle to Arizona. So normally I would be on a plane almost um, every other week or every week. So which would have been more difficult. So I think the pandemic um, has helped in that case. And even once I get back, by the time we're off travel restriction, I, you know, I'll be having the baby. So I'm looking at travel for 2022, but I'm disciplined enough where it's like, okay, I need to go to the hotel gym. So I feel, I feel good about that. Whereas, you know, a year ago, it might not have been as, uh, as rigid. So, so that's the plan for that. And then I typically work on like my business, whether I'm having like a live chat, um, you know, in the evenings, or if I need, I do sell um, products. So I do um, sell like motivational t-shirts and water bottles and jump ropes and resistance bands and stuff. So I typically, um, you know, package all that stuff up or, do marketing if I need to in the evenings. My husband is really good about doing post office drop-offs um, for me, so that's awesome. Um, then, and then, of course, in between all of that, I'm also checking in on virtual school with my kids. Um, we have a tutor that comes in twice a week because, again, like, it was a lot, like, to juggle. Like, that virtual school thing is, like, a whole nother part-time job. Um, so, so, so we invested in a tutor. It just makes sense for us. Um, and then just try to stay on top. And then the good news is, for the most part, weekends are pretty free for me. So I'm able to, um, you know, if we're not doing like family activities, I'm able to like focus on the business and, um, and get things going there. So just kind of get it done. I, I'm not a night person. So usually I'm like watching TV or hanging out by like eight o'clock and then probably knocked out by like 10 <laughs> at the most sometimes. So. So it really sounds like you, you really have very set times where you do things and you only do those things in those times, right? Like, I mean, if you're working out, I'm working out and I'm documenting and I'm, I'm focusing on that. It, when I'm working for my job, I'm focusing just on that. It sounds like it's very compartmentalized for you. Yeah, I was going to say like, that's my word. I try to come, come, I can't even say the word now. Um, <laughs> compartmentalize compartmentalize um, my time. I call it like time blocks. Um, and not saying that, you know, one doesn't slip into uh, the other because it certainly does. I get work calls whenever, whatever. Um, but it just, you know, I try to mentally have that um, on my mind. I also, I write a lot of lists. So post-its are my best friend. Um, so I, I do have a planner and I love my planner. I should do better about being consistent with it. Um, but I try to make lists too, because I'm also now doing more brand deals. That was a goal that I had in 2021 was, um, to, to work on that. So that takes a lot of time too. So definitely, um, when people, when the influencer tells you, oh, like, you know, this is like a part-time job, it can be. Um, you know, because you want to give good quality work to, to whoever you're working with. So, so that takes up time as well. But I think like creating a list, knowing your deadlines, you know, working around it. And also, um, like, if I don't get stuff done on my list, it's okay. It's just, you know, that's going to be the first things that I tackle the next day. So how do you, how do you prioritize your nutrition with, with everything else that you're doing? Do you do a lot of meal prep? I mean, how, how do you make sure that you, that you're fed and that your family is fed? Yeah. So, um, the good thing is, so I have two teenagers in the house that are 16 and 15. So they're, they're pretty much on their own. Like they get, except for dinner, my husband typically cooks dinner. Um, 
so and then we'll have like enough for leftovers like the next day um but they typically during the day they kind of manage what they eat and they usually take care of like their brother and sister too unless you know just happen to be floating through the kitchen at the same time um and then we keep the things that we need in the house so we keep our protein shakes we keep our protein bars um we, I have started working with more like meal delivery services from a brand perspective. So that's been nice because it's like, ooh, pop it in the microwave. Um, but other than that, like I am more of a snack person until dinner. So it's either usually like cheese and crackers or like a yogurt, um, oatmeal type thing. Um, like we'll have like um, pre-made salads sometimes. So it's really kind of grab and go because a lot of time I'm eating when I'm on a conference call or um, like eating at my desk or something like that until um, actual dinner time. I think that's kind of how Jason and I operate. I mean, I know J Jason loves to cook and I know that you do a lot of meal prep, but I've, I, I've just kind of noticed that, you know, when you're working full-time from home, uh, even the grab and go options when you're at home can be, can be convenient because it, it almost feels like we're working more than we were before. Yeah. There's not so many like set breaks for lunch or for, yeah. right, mm -hmm. for that kind of stuff. And having those grab and go options in our home can be convenient. Uh, it's, it just helps us keep on track when it's, when life is just so busy and we're getting a lot of demands from, from other areas. Yeah. And I, and I would okay. say with our, our kids, like they're all super skinny, so we don't have any like weight concerns with them. So if they eat corn dogs for lunch, they eat corn dogs for lunch. Like they're pretty active. Like they voluntarily go on bike rides and my son wants to go to the park every day. So they're active. So it's, we're not like, you know, like monitoring really what they eat. Like we know what's in the house. So it can only, you know, go so far. And, and a lot of times like they're so busy, like they're just like, oh, I just want something quick and keep it. Yeah. That's how I am with the with the grandbabies because I got a two and a four year old around the house, so it's always yogurt this or applesauce that or, or cheese sticks this or you know like you said corn dogs or whatever for for lunch. But yeah, I'm I'm very much a grab and go guy. Like I'll go out, uh, like I've got it on the plan today to go out there and do uh, turkey burger patties because that's that's the best lunch that I can do. Just grab one of those and plow through that while I'm doing while I'm working because I just don't like the biggest thing I'll get up and cook if it's not dinner related is sometimes in the morning in place of protein bars I'll do a I'll do you know a couple of scrambled eggs and that's the most I'll get up and do in the middle of that I actually my favorite 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 for breakfast is two boiled eggs and like some wheat toast but literally you put your eggs in the in the thing or and this is exactly how it goes I start my eggs. I probably go put a load of laundry in. I, you know, get everything logged in for whatever's going to be my first thing. And then by the time I do that, my eggs are ready and I'm ready for the, the next thing. And it's like, yes. And I love it. So it's perfect. Yeah. You are multitasking queen. I'm very much learning that. I will say like that is all has always um, been the case and that I'm a procrastinator and also a multitasker. So it's it gets kind of crazy sometimes, but at the end of the day, it all gets done. Yes, that is me to a T. I am the same way. I, I get to a point that I procrastinate to where I have to multitask to get yes. it all done or else it falls apart. So April hates that about me, but I somehow make it work because she is just diligent, militant, just to the put together and all her things are in line. 
And then here I come, just tornado blowing through, like, hey, what's up? Let's do this. Woo! I'm here. That's all you need. Right. But but it takes all kinds because uh, I, I feel like if I was, if I incorporated more of what you guys are good at, I would, I would see improvements in my life, right? So it's, I don't think that what I do is perfect, but I very much appreciate looking at how other people do things because there are instances where I could multitask or there are instances where maybe I shouldn't multitask, right? Where I should just do, nope, I'm only doing this during this time so that I'm doing it well instead of feeling like I'm being, you know, pulled in, in 8 million different directions. Uh, but, it, you know, there's, there's, there's good things about how everybody does things. And it's only through having these types of conversations that we learn the good things that other people are doing and then incorporate them into our own lives. So... Yeah. I'm convinced if I, so I do have an assistant at work and I've had an assistant for probably three, three or four years, which is very nice. Um, but if I had a personal assistant for my life, I could probably take over the world first. And here's the funny thing is like, I'm always like, man, you know what one thing I would have them do is, you know, the surveys that are at the end of receipts where like you do the survey and you get like the free this or that. I would have so much free stuff because I was like, hey, I need you to do this survey. I need you to do this survey. Dude, I would have never thought about that, but you are so spot on with that. Oh my God. If we could all have personal assistance, oh, wouldn't- Life would be great. Oh, it would be already better than it is. That is mm -hmm, true. But I do believe, <laughs> I, I definitely do believe in like, if you're not great at something or if you don't have time for something, then like just hire someone. Like we- we do have a housekeeper that probably comes, I wish they could come every other week, but they typically come maybe every three weeks or like once a month or whatever. But like, first of all, the house is like immaculate. So you just feel like, oh, this is heaven. But then too, like it takes her probably four or five hours to like, you know, do everything that she does. I don't have four or five hours. Maybe I do, but I could probably make triple that, you know, whether it's just like, working or doing something with the brand or just sitting there thinking to myself about something like I could I am much my time is much more valuable than the four to five hours it takes to clean the house so. value looking for ways to add value to your life is is key to I think yeah yep it is it's yeah it's it's what I think allows us to either get ahead or it allows us the time that we need to make to make the changes, right? And if 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 you're not to the place where you can hire somebody, I always think that there are ways that you you can rearrange your own life to where you are maximizing your time doing certain things, so you can maximize your time, you know, putting in the time and effort to to where you want to to do it. And it just takes it takes time to sit down and be honest with yourself and ask yourself those questions and look at prioritize what is what you want your life to be all about and then move yep. forward in that direction for sure yeah it's all that we can do so before we let you go today we would love for you to share with our listeners and our followers the support that you offer because you are you have amazing kind of like bariatric support business so will you just tell us what that what that is and and the services that you offer yeah, I would say the, the first thing I'm super proud of. So last year, thank you, pandemic, I had the opportunity to write my book, which is literally gastric sleeve tell all. Um, so the name of the book is on my um, website. You can find it through my IG, but it's called Redefining Wellness, a comprehensive guide to my journey with gastric sleeve. 
So in that book, I document my journey, but I also provide a lot of space for you to scribble your thoughts. How are you feeling mentally? Where are you to start making lists? Like what I provide, like what I took to the hospital, but there's room for you to create your list of what things you want to take to the hospital. Um, I share things that, um, uh, that I use for protein and there's, there's room for you to, you know, start writing in what things you want to use. Um, so it's more than just my word speaking to you. It's literally a guide. I, I nickname it the, the bariatric Bible because you literally can take it from that first consultation because there's also questions on what to ask your surgeon. So the, from the first consultation to wherever you are um, in the journey now, thinking about fitness, thinking about nutrition, maintenance, et cetera. So, um, so that's my baby. Um, and that's where kind of everything catapulted from. Um, and then from there, I have um, additional products on my website, like I shared, um, water bottles, get your water, mm -hmm. get your water um, jump ropes, resistance bands. Um, what else? My t-shirt, which is literally my motto for 2021. It says refresh, refocus, recharged. Um, and then um, I have other products on there too. I can't even, oh yeah, forgot. I have a snack subscription box where literally I provide um, six to seven snacks delivered to your door every month. You can buy it one time, you can get the subscription. And I put in different things because you guys know you go to the store and you're like, oh, that looks good. But protein, protein's expensive. So you might spend 10, 15, 20 dollars for something, get it get home, you're excited about it, you try it, and then you're like, oh, this is disgusting. Um, so what I do is I do the trying for you, and I actually only add in things that I like. And you have six to seven brand new things, hopefully, that you never tried before. If you love it, then you can go out and get it. If, if there's a discount somewhere, I provide that information, provide a nutrition card with that as well. Um, and so, so that's something that I love putting those together because it's so much fun. Um, and I love when people like share on their like Instagrams, like what they loved about the box. Um, so that's something new that I started a few months ago. And then um, I do, I don't publicize this, but I do work with one-on-one uh, -on -one clients. Like if you want to just um, do a consultation and then typically in the past, I've done um, paid, um, like challenges, fitness challenges. Um, this month I did a free jump rope challenge. I probably won't do any um, more paid fitness challenges until after the baby comes because I wanna be doing the work with you, right? Like I don't wanna just send you videos and it's it's not me. So until I'm able to like get back and do like real ab stuff that's in, that's I think is really important. Um, yeah. Then I probably will put those on pause. But other than that, I definitely work one-on-one -on -one with clients. I'm working on um, new stuff. So I'll, I'll share with you guys. Nobody else knows this, but I'm working on um, athletic wear. So, uh, so that's going to be the new thing. So don't have a date yet, but sometime in 2021 and hopefully um, and definitely before the bariatric retreat in November. Oh, look at you, girl. That is awesome. That is awesome. Well, and I mean, your Instagram feed is just beyond inspirational. I mean, your Instagram feed is just, it's almost like an ebook as well. Uh, and we're all so very thankful that you just provide all of this type of support to the community because I mean, clearly it's what you're passionate about. It's what you're good at. And it, you know, as Jason and I always say, these conversations, they help us and we record them because we think that they'll help others, right? So the goal is just to 
to, to reach as many people as possible and just let them know that life after bariatric surgery is, is amazing and that this is something normal and it's something that, that we can all do to live our lives at a healthy weight. And, and that support is just, yeah, beyond, beyond awesome. So very cool. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. So we always like to give our guests kind of the floor at, at, the, at the end of our interview. Is there anything that you felt left unsaid or is there like a motivational quote or saying that you want to share with people, uh, you know, that, that helps you get through your difficult times? I, it's not necessarily a quote, but it's another statistic that I recently learned. And that is only 1% of people who qualify for weight loss surgery actually do it. So if you're thinking about it or you've done it, think about this. You are a one percenter. You are someone that no matter what, you had the motivation, you had the dedication, you had the perseverance to do this thing, or you're thinking about doing this thing. Um, so you are actually more strong than you, than you know, right? You've already accomplished so much and you've done or doing something that 99% of other people haven't done or they didn't go through. So that tells me that there's something special um, about each and every one of you. And that uh, regardless of what people say out there about this quote unquote being the easy way out, it definitely isn't because if it was, a whole lot more people would be doing it for, um, for one reason or another. So you are special and you are important and this, and you're gonna be successful. Like you have to believe in yourself and then just, you know, whoever you need to follow, whoever needs to motivate and inspire you, like, you know, just let it happen. And also know that people are watching you too, and they're inspired, even if they don't say something. When you posted that stat the other day, I really, I kind of had the same, yeah, epiphany that you did. It was like, oh my gosh, 1%. That is such a small number to me, and it makes my heart hurt a little bit because I think all three of us, we, we, our lives are so transformed by having that, yeah. by having our procedure, and by making the commitment to to live this this life, and to know that ninety nine percent of the people who could have this life have chosen not to, is a little bit heartbreaking. And I think that's why all three of us do what we do. Yeah, or no one told them about. So, so yeah. I have live chats and, and I, a lot of, I asked, I said, did your doctor recommend, no one had recommended it to me either, but did your doctor recommend this? Nine times out of 10, it's no. They, but, they, but they did prescribe you diabetes medication. They prescribed you blood pressure medication. They, you know, said, oh, here, take Phentermine and, you know, lose these few pounds of weight that you're probably going to put on as soon as you stop um, taking it. So, you know, like a lot of times those 99%, it's not their fault, but nobody said anything. Nobody said anything, nobody suggested it. They thought, uh, I think you shared a minute ago that you know you, you thought this was for, for people who weighed 600 pounds, um, but that's not the case. Like, you know, I think it's what, uh, you have 80 to 100 pounds or something like that that you wanna lose and you're a perfect candidate or something. Like, so that's a lot of people. That's, that's your coworker, that's your aunt, that's your, you know, your cousin, whoever, and people, there's not enough information out there. So people just don't know. Well, we, we, we've had quite a few conversations recently with, with bariatric surgeons and even they're saying like, even within their, in, in, with their peers, with their surgical peers, 
bariatric surgery is so misunderstood at the medical level, right? Just like, you know, your, your general practitioners and the doctor that we were speaking, speaking to, he says, no, no, no. Bariatric surgery is how you overcome or how you combat any metabolic syndrome. So, you know, high blood pressure and diabetes and, you know, heart disease and all of these like metabolic issues, bariatric surgery is a, is a, a medical tool for doing that. So he was saying like, if you're 20 pounds overweight, you're technically a candidate for this. And we were just blown away wow. by just the level of misinformation that's out there just at the medical level, not alone. I mean, just to go with this, you know, regular Joe average level, it's, uh, unbelievable. And I think that, you know, our, what we do publicly and the support that we offer the bariatric community and just the support that we offer people in general, right. Just to come out and say, I had bariatric surgery. It was the greatest thing that, that I ever did is powerful. And the yeah. more that we do that, then the, the more well-known that this can become, the more normal that this can become. And, and hopefully more and more people can take control of their of their lives and of their destiny by using a tool, a medical tool to help you yeah. live your life at a weight that's healthy for you. Right. Because that's going to be different for everybody, but you know, and why I, this tool? And I think at the end of the day, it just reverses some of that thinking. I, I was literally out in the shower this morning. I was thinking, man, uh, a post that I want to share soon is about let's normalize, um, you know, throwing food away. Like what are we taught from the beginning? Don't waste your food. There's starving children out there that would love to have that food. But, you know, by teaching that and continually habitually um, doing that, cleaning your plate, you're not doing yourself any favors here. You're not doing anything for the starving children, for sure, because uh, you're keeping it all for yourself. But for, but for two, you're actually, you know, doing harm to yourself. Um, and so really the tool just rewinds that back and kind of gives you another chance to be like, oh, you don't need a whole pizza. You need maybe one slice or half a slice or something like that. Like who knew you could survive off of the amount of calories that we need today? Right, it's just my, you never would have thought it was possible, but everybody has such, we're, we're so off when it comes to what it actually means to, to, to be nutritionally sound and how little it, you really need to consume to be a healthy human. It yes. is two completely different planets. It is yeah. not even in the same universe. Uh, and surgery definitely helps us uh, have a much healthier understanding of what nutrition is, of what our bodies actually need, and then how we can sustain ourselves in the long run. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, Rissa, this has been just an amazing conversation. We know you are an extremely busy woman. We very much appreciate your time in joining us today. This episode is just, yeah, all kinds of, of nuggets sprinkled throughout. So we just, yeah, thank you. Th thank you for, for, for joining us today. My pleasure. I had a blast. Awesome. We did too. <laughs> If you would like to follow Rissa, we highly recommend that you do. Uh, you can find her on Instagram at R-I-S-S-A Recharged. And her website, I'm just going to make sure I say this right, is www.rissarecharged.com. That's it. Yep. One of my, one of my favorite, favorite humans on the world to follow. And I'm so thankful that, that we had the, uh, the ability to, to talk with you because it's no fluff. That's the other thing I absolutely appreciate about it. you are out there rocking your life. You are wearing the clothes that you want to do. You are doing the things that you want to do and you do it with, with confidence and with pride and just with honesty. So thank you. Thank you for, for being this amazing light in our community.
Thank you, thank you. Jason, my friend, you wanna take us out? Yes, ma'am. Risk, thank you so much again. Like April said, it's it's been a it's been an honor to talk to you and, and get your get your message out there as well as all the information that you provide to people. It's 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 a blessing to the community. Um, we thank everybody that's been following us and helping support us up to this point because we're not able to do what we're able to do without you guys helping us. If there's nobody to support, there's no support to give. So we appreciate that. We love following your stories just like you're following ours. We uh, we definitely appreciate that. Uh, we're growing every day and that's because you guys are helping us to get there. So you continue the support. We'll continue to grow the support that we provide and uh, super excited for the retreat in November because man, that is gonna be a lot of beautiful information with a lot of wonderful people that we cannot wait to meet. So we are super excited about that. And just remember at the end of the day, you've got this, we've got you, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Awesome, thanks. Bye-bye.